This is Beat the Closing Line. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Beat the Closing Line. I am your host, Nicole Russo, alongside resident NFL analyst for thelines.com, Eli Hershkovich. As you know, every Thursday, we have a special guest on here to give us some different perspective on sports betting and how the NFL season is going. Today, we are going to be talking to Eric Eager, Vice President of Research and Development at Pro Football Focus and co-host of the PFF forecast. Eric, thanks for joining us today. How's it going? Nicole, Eli, uh, very nice to be with you guys. And I, it's week three already. It's crazy to me. I, it was only uh, a short time ago that we were counting down the days until the season started. Now we're right in the thick of things. Sometimes I think the anticipation's the worst part because we plan for it for about <laughs> three months and then it, it feels like the season's over in 10 seconds. <laughs> Before we get started on the interview today, make sure that you give this video a thumbs up, leave a comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, make sure that you subscribe to Beat the Closing Line on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review for your chance to win an Amazon gift card. With that being said, Eli, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Eric, so we want to talk to you about Super Bowl futures in a second, but looking at the Thursday night football game as we're recording this on Thursday morning, Browns are around a three and a half up to four and a half point favorite over Pittsburgh. Everybody's talking about the Mike Tomlin uh, underdog record against the spread. Obviously a little different without Ben Roethlisberger. I'm sure you'll touch on that, but this total is, is pretty low. It got steamed down from 40 and a half to around 38 and a half here on Thursday morning over the last couple of days. Any bets on the game? And if not, what's your perspective on either side? Yeah, the only one that I've really worked on, and, and I put this on, on PFF.com, is I like Jacoby Brissett under passing attempts at, you know, I think it was 26 and a half or so. Um, you know, the, the big debilitating thing about weather in the NFL is not necessarily precipitation. It's not necessarily uh, even snow or, 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 or anything like that. Even cold weather is not a huge deal. It's wind, right? And we're going to see, you know, a Cleveland Brown, a Cleveland Brown stadium that's going to have, you know, miles per hour, about 20 with wind gusts and things like that. Um, you know, wasn't really a big deal last year, but I remember in the pandemic year, they had three straight home games, all of which had, you know, this, you know, weather that, you know, prohibited passing. And, and I, I think with the run game, uh, that, that Cleveland has with Nick Chubb and, uh, you know, the offensive line, which is second in the NFL right now and perfectly blocked runs. Like, I think they're just going to run the football on Pittsburgh and keep the ball out of Jacoby Brissett's hands. Furthermore, Jacoby Brissett uh, had a, you know, it was a little dinged up last week and they really can't afford to like have him out. So because they don't have Watson right now. So I think they just lean off of him a little bit. So that's the prop I like in this one. Um, total's probably right at this point. Spread's probably right at this point. Um, just given how, you know, uninspiring, uh, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky has been. However, I will say week three, a couple years ago, they were facing the Jets. And that's when Baker Mayfield made his, you know, uh, you know, first appearance. Uh, I think if you're looking at spread and total this game, uh, Mitch Trubisky being benched for Kenny Pickett could, you know, upturn a lot of the bets that we think are pretty solid tonight. So I, that's that adds too much uncertainty for me to bet side or total. I think um, uninspiring is a very nice adjective <laughs> there to use for my Steelers team, which has been pretty painful to watch. Uh, do you do you feel like I'm I'm kind of looking at like game five for Pickett to be in? I think they give Trubisky a few more games. I don't know how you feel about that. 
Yeah, well, it's funny you go back to when Trubisky took over for Mike Lennon, and it was it was very much a similar situation where the Bears wanted Mike Lennon to play, you know, the whole season. And unfortunately, that Thursday night game against Green Bay in, in 17 is when they, you know, pulled the plug on Glennon and went to Trubisky. I, I think having this sort of mini buy after Thursday night football is a natural time. So to me, this is this is Trubisky's last chance to be the starting quarterback of the Steelers. Um, so if, if they can't get the ball, I mean, you know, George Pickens was amazing in preseason they can't get him the ball seemingly uh you know claypool johnson they're both great and and they're all expressing frustration in the quarterback i think if it's not actually happening tonight i think i think this 10 days you know off is going to be the time when they make a quarterback change i'm with you on that one all right we'll get off of my Steelers because it just makes me sad to (laughs) talk about them so after like you said just two weeks in the nfl we're obviously seeing some pretty big movement in the super bowl betting market for instance you have the eagles who are now tied for the fourth shortest odds with the packers to win it all and they were sitting as high as 40 to 1 before the draft so based on your models where do you see the most value yeah, I, th- I still think it's a team like Tampa Bay. We would make Tampa Bay about four to one on the markets. And, and it's really simple. It's, you know, with these teams that have really struggled, you know, a team like the Bengals in my my hometown right now, uh, it, it's frustrating because the Bengals have been bad, but they haven't been bad for reasons. Like all their players are playing, their offensive line's better. They're playing some, you know, relatively easy opponents in Pittsburgh and the Dakless uh, Cowboys. For Tampa Bay, they've scored two touchdowns on offense in the first eight quarters of the season, but we know why. The offensive line's banged up. The wide receivers are injured. Um, you know, the total on this game against uh, Green Bay is 41 and a half because Mike Evans is out, and he's a guy who's had, you know, seven consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. But when you look at, you know, where Tampa Bay is, they get Green Bay at home, then they get Kansas City at home, and after that, it's a who's who of mediocre to bad teams on their schedule. Falcons, Steelers, Panthers, uh, you know, Seahawks. Browns without Deshaun Watson, Saints, 49ers without Trey Lance, et cetera, et cetera. I think you're getting a value on them now just by the schedule. And, 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 you know, the Eagles are the hot team right now. But you look around the NFC and it's strange, but like a game like Detroit, Minnesota is probably going to determine a playoff spot in this conference. And, And so, you know, if I can buy the top of that, which is Tampa Bay leaning off of Brady with one of the best defenses in the NFL, I'm going to I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, and the Bucks. I'm on Tampa Bay against the Packers. I know the betting market came in on the Packers after that line opened up at three and a half, and you can read my write-up over at thelines.com for a little more analysis on that game. But, Eric, selfishly, I want to ask you about the Ravens because Nicole has completely jinxed uh, Baltimore uh, with the injuries going back to last season, and they've carried over this year, very banged up in the secondary. Lamar Jackson now ha- has a little bit of an elbow issue. We'll see how that impacts them. But they closed around before week one 18 20 to one to win it all and then they blow the 21 point fourth quarter lead to the dolphins last week uh now around two and a half three point favorites at the patriots and that line was juiced at uh ravens minus three to open the week but with this ravens team long term you mentioned the nfc with the bucks what do you make of baltimore moving forward yeah we're always a little bit lower because i think lamar jackson is very difficult for PFF system to handle. He's just a a singular player as far as 
running the football. We've had to go into some of like the XY tracking data to really find that value. Because again, like you're talking about a player who up until this year, 66% of his rushing yards were on design runs. The other quarterback in recent memory with a thousand yard season, Michael Vick, it was almost split. 66% were on uh, basically scrambles. And then the other 33 were on design. So we've never seen Lamar Jackson before, which I think can lead to both types of uncertainty. Last year, what you saw was the uncertainty associated with him being injured and the team having to, you know, have it uh, below 500 record. You've seen the uncertainty in other years, like 20, 19 where they can just run away from uh, other teams. I think their defense isn't strong enough anymore to really win the, the 12, 13 games that you're going to need to, to get that one seed in the AFC. And I don't know if Lamar is consistent enough as a passer for you to win when you don't have the buy in the playoffs. So I I'm off of the Ravens. I like the Ravens as an organization. I like the Ravens, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I think that I think the world of them, frankly, I just don't know that if this season, after we saw what we saw on Sunday, um, you know, third string left tackle, you know, uh, secondaries banged up, um, you know, pass rush is kind of non-existent. I don't know if you really want to buy into the Ravens that much uh, going into this AFC, which has a lot of good football teams in it. Eli likes to blame me for these <laughs> for these Ravens uh, injuries, but I knew it was just a bad <laughs> omen when the mascot was out for the season in preseason and had to get carted <laughs> off the field. So, You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Um, you had previously touched on the Vikings Lions, so we will just go straight into that. The Vikings are coming off of a pretty miserable looking double digit loss to Philadelphia on Monday night football. The line against the Lions for week three opened at Minnesota minus seven, seven and a half, and it's now down to Vikings minus five and a half, some at minus six. What do you make of the market movement on this one? Yeah, I think that these two teams are very similar to each other. Both both have kind of middle of the pack quarterbacks who have at their highs are pretty good. Um, both teams have kind of bad defenses, especially in the case of both, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, especially in the secondary. And I think the biggest one is the Vikings are going through an identity shift, right? So they average 5.77 men in the box on early downs, which is the lowest in the NFL. They're basically daring other teams to run. And unfortunately, they're getting gashed in, in doing so. And, and you look at Detroit, Detroit's third in the NFL in points scored. They're first in the NFL in offensive points scored. They've done it a lot through the ground uh, with DeAndre Swift and Jamal. Williams uh their their offense was able to move the football with three backup offensive linemen in last week against a Washington defense that is fairly strong I, I you know I bet you know Detroit at plus seven and a half I thought it was an egregious number I still think six is probably uh, a bit too high for Detroit. I think Detroit is, you know, a legitimate football team in this league. I, I also think, you know, with Aiden Hutchinson and Charles Harris rushing the passer, they'll be okay on defense and you know 
the Vikings after Justin Jefferson on offense don't really have the talent, I think, to extend on a team like Detroit. So for me, I think it's Lions or nothing in this one. At Eric Eager underscore on Twitter, if you want to see the hashtag restored uh, at least a few times per Sunday during these Alliance games. But sticking with the NFC North, Eric, you look at the NFC North futures market and the Packers are still the favorite to win the division, not the odds on favorite anymore. But around even money, the Vikings, you mentioned there, plus 140 Detroit, anywhere between six or seven to one. And we'll exclude the Bears because we talked about this in the preseason. They're the Bears, Nicole. Uh, Mo and I. So if you had to bet one team right now, you're pretty high on the Lions. I know you I think you bet a Kevin O'Connell future to win NFL coach of the year this season. Who would you bet if you were to place one wager right now? I I honestly think as much as I just said about the Vikings, I do think (laughs) the Vikings have the 29th most difficult schedule moving forward. The Packers have the ninth most difficult schedule moving forward using our metrics at PFF. Detroit's 28th. So they're they're further behind. Um, there. Um, I think it has to be the Vikings, um, you know, at this point, because again, like I think when you watch the difference between that team this year and last year, the the coaching staff for the Vikings has a clue. It's just depending, you know, you're basically buying into the fact that Kirk Cousins at 34 years old after a couple bouts of COVID and, and that kind of thing is not, you know, hasn't lost his fastball. And, and I'm willing to make that bet. So I, I, you know, I'm levered up on Detroit. I have Detroit at, you know, 10 to one or so to win that division, you know, four to one to make the playoffs. At that point, you're just, you know, don't buy back into that. Just hang on to the good numbers you have. But Green Bay, I think, has fundamental issues. Um, I think that they have a harder schedule, much harder than Minnesota does. And I think Minnesota, you know, they've already played two of the tougher teams they are going to play in Green Bay and Philadelphia. And, you know, they've had two multiple score games. One was a win, one was a loss. Um, I, I put it at 39% for the Vikings to, to win that division. I put it at 44% uh, for Green Bay. So to me, the bet is Minnesota. Staying in the NFC North, the Bears opened as a field goal favorite after a one and one start. They're now down to about minus two and a half against the Texans. And that game has the third lowest total of the week. It is sitting at 40 right now. Do you have any insights on this game? Yeah, the the Bears stink, but (laughs) the Texans are are getting, I think, a little bit too much love. And look, they they deserve some they deserve some praise. I mean, they in two weeks they've covered the spread against two teams that many people believe were going to make the playoffs in the AFC and the Broncos and the in the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, Davis Mills is not a great quarterback prospect, but he's good enough right now. And they do kind of just enough things to be spunky. Um, I'm going to bet that the majority, though, of those covers in the first two weeks were ineptitude by the by the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. The Bears, you know, they have the second lowest passing rate in the league. Uh, Justin Fields is a very talented player, but they don't seem to trust him that much. A wide receiver, uh, Mooney, Darnell Mooney, has not been productive at all. Cole Komet has not been productive at all. I, I think you're buying the Bears at weirdly as two and a half point favorites the lowest of their market and you're, you're selling Houston at the top. So for me, it's bears or nothing in this one. And you mentioned the Colts within the midst of that. We've seen some dramatic line movement in their matchup against the chiefs on Sunday. That line, I want to say on the look ahead line, it was chiefs minus three and a half minus four got bet all the way up to seven along probably with an adjustment there too. Now it's back down to chiefs minus five and a half. So we've seen some money coming on Indianapolis this week. Any bets in this game? Yeah, this is one where I'm taking over 50 and a half. I do have some on the Chiefs, but it's not 
based upon my numbers at all. It's just, it's honestly looking at that Colts team and thinking how the heck are they going to compete against the Chiefs, especially off of a 10 day rest for Kansas City. But you look at, you know, the, the Colts, they get Michael, they get, uh, they get Alec Pierce back. They get uh, Michael Pittman back. They're playing indoors. Patrick Mahomes is undefeated indoors. He's also 22 touchdowns, two interceptions indoors. Um, the, the big one for me though, is, you know, the chiefs are going to be without Willie Gay and Trent McDuffie, two big starters on their defense. And the Colts run a cover three with Gus Bradley that when Gus Bradley was with the Raiders last year was the absolute elixir for what Patrick Mahomes was struggling with. And, uh, so I, I think the chiefs are going to put up a ton of points. I think the Colts are going to be a little bit more frisky on offense than they have been the last few weeks. So over 50 and a half is the bet to make in this one. Uh, and then of course, you know, customary and, and I think every better should bet this but Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns every game <laughs> every game and then sticking with the AFC South we have the Titans who are a home underdog against the 0-2 Raiders Las Vegas was as high as minus two and a half now they're back down to about minus one and a half two and the totals at 45 and a half obviously the Raiders coming off of quite a crazy loss at home last weekend against the Cardinals what do you feel about this matchup yeah, to me, it's I, I like over a little bit in this game just because I think that both offenses, you know, can move the ball against two bad defenses and, and you know, both secondaries are not particularly great. Uh, but I do like the Titans here. I think the market is overreacting a little bit to a Tennessee team that got blown out by Buffalo, but they got I, I think Buffalo is going to blow out a lot of teams this year. And I don't know if it's going to say that much about the teams that are, are getting blown out by them. Um, the Titans offensive line with Taylor Luan injured is going to be weaker, but Derrick Henry is, you know, as a, as far as running backs go is, is more impervious to the weaknesses along the offensive line than anybody really is. So I think that they're going to be effective. I think that the, the Raiders, you know, they do have Devonte Adams. They do have Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Um, but you know, Derek Carr showed on Sunday that, you know, they have, they have a difficult time hanging on to leads and, um, again, their offensive line is just as bad as the Titans and the Titans have, you know, Bud Dupree and, 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 uh, and folks to get after the passer. So I, I like Tennessee here at home to, to, to sort of get off the, the, uh, you know, the winless streak here, which would put the Raiders at zero and three, uh, in a, in a year where they went all in. Uh, so unfortunately for Vegas, uh, they, they're coming up a little bit, uh, um, broke here. And Eric, before we get you out of here, you're going to be leaving your gig at Pro Football Focus pretty shortly and going over to Sumer uh, Sports, working with NFL teams through an analytical lens. So why don't you explain what your role is going to be with your new company here in a bit? And before you give these NFL teams the information that that they want, why don't you just give it to us on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my role at PFF was very much B2B working with teams and then also the media side, um, which has been, you know, very fun. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov, the former general manager of the Falcons, is one of my friends. And, you know, he's the CEO of the of this company. And, and um, you know, we decided to, you know, come together and, and try to help uh, NFL teams optimize their roster. I also think that there will be, a you know, eventually a media component to it where we'll still get to talk, talk football and talk uh, betting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I'm super excited. And, you know, PFF was a, a, is an amazing place and uh, I'm sad to go, but uh, sometimes it's just time. And I, and I'm really excited for the, for what the future is in, in football analytics. Eric, congrats on the new gig. It sounds like a pretty awesome company. And thanks again so much for joining us today and giving us all the different insights on the games for NFL week three. 
before we say goodbye, make sure once again that you subscribe to the Beat the Closing Line podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Eli, do you have any final words before we sign off? Yeah, big thanks to Eric for joining us here on the show today. And be sure to check out all of our write-ups on the lines.com. Uh, my NFL Week 3 breakdown, three picks in there, is up on the website too. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. Eli, Mo, and myself will see you on Tuesday. And if you're betting this weekend, good luck.